Welcome to the Full Minded with Elisabetta podcast, where my mission is to normalize the human experience. I believe there's power in authenticity and building a community immersed in it. I plan on bringing you on an in-depth and transparent journey of my life through solo episodes. I will also be interviewing a range of individuals who are willing to share their unique stories. On this podcast, we will dive into topics such as mental health, heartbreak, loss, change, trauma, self-love, and every other topic that makes up the human experience. While I do my very best to provide you insight and knowledge on these subject matters, this podcast is not a substitute for professional help. I am not a licensed therapist. I am simply a human sharing my experiences with the intent to help people feel less alone. If you are suffering, please consult with a licensed professional. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy the episode. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Full Minded with Elisabetta. I am your host, Alyssa, and today I'm going to be diving into my own experiences with how I've healed from breakups in past versus now, and I want to share with you how we can heal from breakups rather quickly if we follow these steps. First things first, let's tap into the nitty gritty. So I have had my fair share of relationships, to say the least. I have had some really amazing ones. I've had some very traumatic ones. I've had some good endings and some horrible endings and truthfully everything in between. In past, before I was as healed as I am today, my breakups have definitely been messier. I for sure have felt like that other person that I was dating was my world. And if I were to lose them, my entire universe would come crashing down and And it did. I truthfully had that belief system in place. And when that relationship ended, or I assumed then failed, I would lose my fucking mind. I would, it would take me forever to get out of bed. I wouldn't be able to cope. I would just be crying. I would be drinking. I would be be doing anything to try to take my mind off the pain that I was feeling. I was very much that person that would hit up my friends and be like, I'm a mess. I'm single. What the fuck do I do? Like, I'm never going to find love. And just kind of feeding that inner fear that I wasn't worth anything and that I wouldn't find love and the love that would last. With having that mindset, with believing that when relationships end, it's a failure or you're not worthy of them sticking around or the relationship continuing it truly sets you up for failure in life in general, honestly, because that way of viewing relationships coming to an end is very extreme. And now I've mentioned before in my podcast that I do have borderline personality disorder, which makes us think in black and white. So for example, you know, you go on a good date with somebody and you're like, oh, I can picture you know, the baby's names with them and like how our future is going to be. And then they do one thing wrong and you're just like, fuck this person. How could I have ever, you know, seen a future with them? I thought, or, you know, it's, it's very like when the pendulum swings, it swings very intense with people with BPD. So I know that a lot of this behavior was coming from my BPD and my unhealed heart, truthfully. So I would call up my girls and my guys and be like, let's get fucked up. Let's go party. I don't want to think. I just want to forget. I want to find somebody else. Let's do this. And 
don't get me wrong. That was a very, that was a wild time in my life. I definitely had fun in some, to some degree, but the detriment it caused me long-term is unbelievable. The pain that that type of behavior immediately after getting over someone or getting out of a relationship with someone inflicts on you is not something I'm here to recommend you do. I remember specifically after getting out of one relationship that was very detrimental to my mental health and he was just not good to me. We were not good to each other. It was very toxic and I do believe to my core that it was a trauma bond. I had two relationships back to back that were trauma bonds and the first one, I remember getting out of that, breaking free from it is how I should frame it because we had broken up for a small amount of time. He had fought very hard to get me back and I accepted it. And then the relationship just got worse and worse and worse. And it was the one relationship where I was lying to everybody in my life about how bad it truly was. He was very emotionally abusive and was not treating me well, but acting as if he was totally okay on the outside. I remember he was like screaming at me one night over something very minimal, like maybe me interrupting him or just, it was always something very small that was what set him off. And he was screaming at me and like, he was big. He was like six, four, he was a big dude. And he was just screaming at me. He was right in my face and I was crying and overwhelmed. And then there was a knock at the door because we were having people over for a party and he just completely just walked over to the door and was like hi guys what's up welcome come on in and I was just like holy fuck man's is nuts <laughs> and it was very much that dynamic throughout the relationship and it would just progressively get worse so when I finally got up the courage to leave him after that relationship ended I was I was fucked. I went on a rampage. I just didn't care about anybody. I was so fed up with love. I was so fed up with men. I was so hurt. I was so confused. I was angry. I was just a tornado of emotions and I just wreaked havoc on anybody that was near me. And it was a very detrimental year to myself, my well-being, my physical health, my mental health, my friendships, my my work life balance my financials you name it i it suffered honestly i felt at that point in my life that the only way to cope with the immense amount of pain and loss that i was feeling was to drink and to do drugs and to sleep with whoever and just try to forget what had happened i remember it was eight months after this breakup had happened and i was in such a scary place mentally that I decided to go, I want to say it was a week sober. That week was single-handedly the most, one of the most painful weeks of my entire existence. I remember screaming and just laying in the fetal position in bed. I couldn't get up. I couldn't go to work. I couldn't function. My brain just wasn't functioning. I was an absolute mess. I remember ironically for the first time since the breakup, I felt all of the pain and the heartache all at once. Not to say that I wasn't in pain during those last eight months, but I was suppressing most of it and I was feeling a different type of pain, a, 
a new curated pain that I had created by drinking and using all these substances and just use and mixing my energies with people that didn't deserve to be near me or touch me or have my body. And I remember thinking, fuck, like I probably could have healed a lot sooner had I had stayed sober. Had I not put substances into my body, had I not connected with people that were not right for me, because when you're unhealed and especially when you're intoxicated, you don't attract good people. You just can't. You can't. You're not even your true, genuine, authentic self. You're not your healed self. You are a very you're in a very dark place. So you attract dark people and then you mix these energies with these people. And I'm big on when you sleep with someone, you exchange energies. It's like an outlet, right? You you plug in your outlet to another person and you consume and take on whatever they're carrying as well. I remember I did make it to the end of the week um, with some help and support of people that I loved because I, I didn't want to continue the sober week. I wanted it to stop right there. I didn't want to feel the pain that I had been setting aside and avoiding for the last eight months. Right. But I did make it to the end of the week. And I remember it was like midnight and the clock ticked one week. And I was, I chugged a bottle of wine. I was just like, fuck this. I do not like this feeling. I do not like, I don't want to feel any of this. No way. And unfortunately, there were a lot of breakups that I had during that period in my life where I reacted very similarly and I went to drugs and alcohol and sleeping with other people to get over it. Basically, what society teaches you is good to do after a breakup and it's just that. So now I want to fast forward. How long has it been since then? Seven years to my most recent breakup, which ended three months ago, about So I was with this, my last partner for a year and seven months. The first half of the relationship was long distance. And then we met in person eight months after talking and dating. And we lived with each other, both in his country and then in my country. Anyways, this relationship was very public. It was, we were both big on social media. So we shared a lot of it. I tapped into a lot of tools that we used in the relationships that helped a lot of other people over TikTok. And yeah, we were just very, very public with it and very transparent about what we were struggling with, what we were, what our victories were, etc. When I blogged about this relationship ending, I did share that I think the hardest part of this relationship ending was the fact that it was so public. But it's interesting, with time having passed, I feel very blessed that it was so public because I gained a lot of followers that look up to me for relationship advice. I remember opening a a question poll afterwards and people asked me for relationship advice and I was like, yo, I'm newly single. I feel blessed and honored that you guys still look up to me for relationship advice, right? So I think building that community was really cool and I think this episode will do really well because of that, because people were invested, because they seen me be so vulnerable and raw in that relationship and being honest about it ending and it not have been a failure, but just the fact that two people can part ways and that's okay. And just even recording this and listening to the difference in how I spoke about relationships ending before versus now is, is night and day. It's, it's truly, I've, I've had a lot of growth in the last seven years that have, that's led me to this place of believing that forever, not everybody can be guaranteed forever. It's just not a thing, not in relationships, not in friendships, not in even family relationships. 
it's not healthy for every relationship to be forever. And it's okay to let go of that need and that want of it to be forever when the time is right, because that is where you will grow the most is by practicing radical acceptance and saying, okay, this is no longer serving us for whatever reason. It's okay to let go. It's okay to move on. And then that just opens the door for more blessings and the right people to find you. What I will say about my last relationship ending is I think we just reached our ceiling together. We had had a beautiful year and seven months, a beautiful run, but we no longer were growing in the same direction, which is why we decided to split. I think realizing that we couldn't grow anymore together because there was not two willing parties to grow in that same direction was very eye-opening for me and it made me accept it much quicker than I have in my past relationships. There was none of this, well, maybe this, or what if they changed this or this? I was just like, nope, this is the amount of effort I require for you to have access to me and you're not meeting it, so this can no longer work. And I let go of it very quickly and moved on from it even quicker. I want to share with you guys how I did that, how I came from a place of it tearing me apart when a breakup would happen to me, accepting that it is what it is. And because I think it's really beautiful and I think it's really essential. And it's just like another thing we were never taught in life or at school. So I think it's really important to to share this with you guys. First and foremost, therapy. I have been pushing this since I was 14 and I started therapy. Therapy is like going to the gym for your brain. If you are neurotypical and you don't have trauma or mental health issues, I would still recommend you go to therapy because it'd be the same way I would recommend somebody who has a great metabolism and who is naturally in shape no matter what they eat to still go to the gym because it's still beneficial. There's still a lot of a lot of health benefits that you can gain from going to the gym even if you already have what society views as a perfect figure. I did air quotes around that by the way cuz yeah. What even is that? Society, what's a perfect figure? That's a whole other episode. Back on track. <laughs> Therapy just allows you to have that one, that outlet for yourself weekly or biweekly, however often you go to an unbiased professional person who is not a friend. I feel like the first immediate benefits that I recognized from therapy was that my friendships got stronger because I no longer was calling them and asking these intense, heavy questions that I'm now asking my therapist. And I mean, I'm not saying you can't lean on your friends. That's great. But to the extent that I was leaning on my friends was very unhealthy. I was like, you need to talk me off this ledge so I don't kill myself. Like that's not a friend's responsibility. That is a trained professional's job. So in doing therapy, especially from such a young age, you learn so much about yourself, so much about your own brain, the way that it works, what you need, what your diagnoses are. If you have a mental health disorder, it, it was so peaceful for me. It was it was hard work. Don't get me wrong. And I think a lot of people get scared with therapy because they're like, what am I going to find out? What are they going to say to me? What are we going to un- uncover? But I think truthfully, it's it's more scary to live in this world without having therapy, without having any type of guidance, because we're not trained to do this. We're equipped to, but we're not trained. We're not taught the tools or the skills that it takes to manage emotions that we all feel every single day. And that is forever mind boggling to me that we're not taught this, but therapy is essential. I would highly recommend you go if you haven't yet. And just look into the professional that would be best suited for you. There's different qualifications, so it just depends what you're looking for. If you're looking for a specific diagnosis or if you're looking for just somebody to listen to you, if you're looking for relationship guidance, etc. There's a lot of different 
services available. And I recommend you do your research on them before you start. But it's the benefits are unbelievable. I could honestly go on about therapy forever and I will do a whole episode about it. But let's let's go on to our next point. Self-love. Self-love is hard to explain. It's also something else I would love to do a whole episode on or maybe even a series, truthfully, because there are so many dimensions, so many facets to self-love that I could just gush about forever. Self-love is so fucking important. It's not even funny because when you love yourself, you view life through a love lens and you don't view it through an unhealed, broken hatred lens. You you look through life in a way where you're already fulfilled and you're already self-confident, you already have everything you need to survive and to thrive. And when you have all that and you believe in that belief system is instilled in you, you don't make connections out of desperation. You don't make connections to fulfill you. You make connections because they're good additions to your life. And that is a fucking game changer. For so many years, I didn't love myself deeply. I always was like, okay, you're cute. You're funny. You're cool. But like, (laughs) truthfully, and I think I've said those all in one sentence. I just, I thought I was, I thought I was, I, I thought I was like, I thought I could get by life because I was cute. And I, I mean, I did, but I didn't deeply, I never deeply loved myself until now. I feel like friends that I had back then when I was struggling and I was doing drugs and drinking and they were like, you're better than this. You're better than this, you know? And it wasn't until I got sober later in life that I really started to heal because I feel like substances just postpone your healing and they just actually add more stress and detriment to your life. So choosing to remove that, I feel like it, it jumpstarted my healing process for everything that I had been suppressing for the last in 25 years of my life, right? So it was definitely in sobriety that I found a lot of my healing and a lot of my self-love because because I drank so much and because I did so many substances, I felt like that's what made me me. I felt like I was the life of the party because of how much I consumed and I was like the boxed wine girl because unfortunately I was the boxed wine girl. I'm pretty sure my Twitter handle is like boxed wine. So anyway, it was embarrassing, but you live and you learn, right? I'm here now and I don't drink boxed wine. (laughs) I don't recommend it. (laughs) But no, I just felt like when I got sober, I felt like I had to re-identify myself and find out who I was outside of alcohol because I believed that so much of my personality stemmed from being intoxicated which is mind-blowing to think about that that's where your personality comes from it's certainly not like we all have the abilities to be outgoing and and to be fun and and have enjoy life without being intoxicated 100% so becoming sober really helped me tap into me and who I really was and what I really wanted and that was really powerful too because I felt like I could then identify things like I'm in sensory overload or I need to be alone right now or I need to go for a walk and stretch my body. I could then know what I needed because before if I felt these weird uncomfortable feelings that would bubble to the surface, I'd just be like, oh, guess I need a shot or I guess I need a line or I guess I need to call someone to distract me and keep me unaware. So the level of awareness that came with sobriety combined just started to heal me and then it also started to help 
my self-love grow because I'm like, okay, I'm listening to myself and I'm attending to my needs that I can identify what they are. I'm, I need a snack right now. I need a walk right now. I need to lay down and rest right now. And, and from doing that, you form this trust with yourself and this level of self-love that's indescribable because you're now listening to your needs and meeting them and you're not relying on anybody else to do that for you, which is very, very powerful. So combining all of these together, my therapy, my healing, my sobriety, and my self-love, it, it made me into this person that I am today, somebody that can sit here and confidently say that there is nobody that I need to be whole. I've got me. And I truly, truly mean that. And if you're listening to this and you really want to get to that place, follow along on my journey. I promise to share absolutely every one of my experiences with you that will help you go through this and guide you through this and teach you as many things as I know. It's my whole mission in life. I feel like is to share my voice with the world and, and normalize the human experience, normalize all these things and say, it's okay to struggle. And it's okay to have gone through phases in your life where you cringe thinking back on it. It's, it's okay. We're not taught these things. We got to figure it out as we go. And to not shame yourself is really big in it too. I can confidently say that I have moments where I look back and I fucking cringe on things that I did or things that I said or people I hung out with, but that's just, it's just part of being human. It's you're not growing if you're not looking back and being embarrassed to some degree of something you've done in your life. And they say the same when owning a business, right? There's moments that you look back on when you first started that you're like, Oh my God, I can't believe I did that. Or I can't believe that flyer got published. Like it's just, it's just part of being human. It's totally fucking normal. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Okay. So the next part of this, I want to dive into tools that have helped me cope with a breakup quicker. So I've already explained to you that I've been in relationships where I did the opposite of these things and I drank and I slept with people and I went on dates and I rebounded and I, no, (laughs) no, I lived and I learned and I have no shame for how I used to handle them, how I used to handle my heartbreaks because I was doing the best that I knew how to at that point in my life with the knowledge I had, which is not the knowledge I have now which is what we're about to dive into. Okay. So first things first, my rule of thumb after a breakup is no contact. And I'm putting no contact slash minimal contact because I know that there are situations where you cannot have no contact. I know that there's, you know, marriages that you have a house together, you have investments together, you have children together. Of course you, you know, this is not going to apply to every dynamic of a past relationship. This is going to be different for everyone. So for me personally, I have not had any ties like that or children with anybody. So I was able to cut contact completely. And I know it seems extreme, but it is so good to do. (laughs) I cannot express it enough. You detach from them. Detaching from them can be very, very painful, of course, because you miss them. You want to talk to them. They they were your best friend. You want to share your day with them. But learning how to live your own life independently immediately after and not having that crutch or that person to talk to once in a while is it just speeds up your, your healing process. I mean, you can keep in contact with them for sure. If that's something that you want to do or it didn't end on bad terms. And you're just like, I just really don't want to lose this person in my life. I think it's important that, you know, you listen to these advices, these pieces of advice that I'm giving you, but you don't necessarily have to follow it. Of course, like we're all on our own journey and there's no shame, no judgment for however you choose to deal. This is just my own experience that I'm choosing to share with you. 
no contact for me has been huge because it's given me that window of time when you're the most triggered and you're the most wounded and you're the most hurt to depend on myself and the people that love me, like my friends and my family, instead of that person. It's kind of retraining your brain to show you that you are okay. You are going to be okay. You are enough to cope. You have the, you know, you have yourself, which is more than enough. And then you also have a group of people surrounding you that love you and want to be there for you as well which is also really huge. I feel like it makes me more appreciative of my friendships and the circle that I've built in this crazy thing called life. I think I push the no contact thing so heavily, especially in the early stages, because it's so crucial. You're so vulnerable and you're so wounded and hurting. And I think that by making that rule and sticking to it, you avoid all of those initial pains that you have to work through of like having your first whatever it is by yourself or having those regrets that you want to voice and having all of these moments that you share together circling through your head and emotions are running high and you just eliminate the chances of making misinformed decisions or making decisions based on purely emotion and not logic you know the relationship came to an end for a very specific reason and I can also say that I've been in relationships before that have ended and I got back with them very close after. And I never thought I would be that person that would like jump out of a relationship and get right back together and just have this kind of on and off theme. It just didn't feel like it would ever be me because of this rule that I had put in place to just do no contact. But this was the one relationship that was the exception. We worked together. It was a little bit tricky to do the no contact thing. And we were madly in love. And it wasn't a lack of love that ended the relationship. It was just very much we weren't able to be together at that time in our life. We were just on two completely different paths and it wasn't working for whatever reason. But having that contact and seeing each other face to face made it really, really hard to not jump in and out of the relationship with them, even though it wasn't the right thing, even though nothing had changed in three days. We've still both felt the same way. We still shared the same issues. It was so much easier to jump back in when that contact was still there. So yeah, my recommendation to you would be to drop all contact if you can, remove them off socials, unfollow them. I know it seems like a hard thing to do, especially so quickly after, but not seeing them, not seeing their posts pop up, it's just saving you a lot of triggers and additional heartache that would follow, honestly. Okay, so my next piece of advice would be to not sleep with anybody else right away. Now, I know this is like a very common theme in society where you're just like, okay, you got to get over this person. You got to get under somebody else. Take take it from me. (laughs) Okay, I have been there. I have done that. No, it does not work. You end up either piling on hurt to this other poor person. You end up crying and breaking down. You end up with all these feelings of I miss them and I miss the way they did it and I miss the way they were. It's just it's just really messy and it doesn't work and it doesn't help at all, at least not in my own experience. So I would recommend you not, even though it can be challenging at times. And even though you just want to feel close to somebody because it can get really lonely, I promise you that by sitting in those moments, especially by yourself, you really teach yourself that you are what's going to get you through this. And you are solely the only person you need in life to make it. I just believe there is a very powerful lesson to be learned in that situation where you're 
forcing yourself to be alone and not just covering up the hurt by finding somebody else to sleep with or even be with. And which brings me to my next point, which is rebounding. Don't jump into another relationship right away because you are only going to bring all of your hurts and your pain that you have not healed and you haven't processed into that next relationship. It's not going to solve anything. It's actually just going to add more turmoil and more heartache if that relationship ends, because now you've got two heartbreaks that you have to cope with at once. And also take my word for it. I have been there, done that, done the rebound thing more times than I care to admit. No, I don't give a shit, but I just don't know that I'm off by hand. <laughs> but yeah, so I would not recommend rebounding or jumping into a relationship until you're done and healed and ready to do so. And I know it's so hard to stay single in a society that glorifies you being with somebody. It's like been engraved in us since Disney that we need to find our prince or we not need to find our princess and we need to get married and be happily ever after and have babies and then build a white picket fence around our home. And I feel like that story is shifting with our generation and the generation behind us because I think that people are starting to jump on the self-love movement and realize, holy fuck, I really am all that I need. I don't need a man. I don't need a woman. I don't need whoever it is to make me whole. I am whole on my own. Absolutely. So I think there's no better time to fully jump on board with this than now, because I feel like more people are understanding it than not. I feel like in the 1800s, it'd have been like, what the fuck, find a husband and get over it. But it's very different now, obviously. So yeah, I just think it's important to sit with yourself and, and it's okay to feel loneliness. It's okay to feel discomfort. It's okay to feel pain. It's okay to feel heartbreak. Those are all messengers to tell us how we're doing and how we're feeling. And by numbing those messengers, we are numbing our, the human experience and being able to heal from them properly because we're not even allowing them to be felt. And with saying that, my next key point is the sobriety thing. I would definitely recommend you take a hiatus from drinking if you already aren't somebody who drinks, but maybe you use other substances. I would also recommend you pause on those substances because anything that alters your state of mind is a substance and can suppress pain to a certain extent to a certain degree, right? So I think it's important to take away those and feel all the emotions as they come because they will come. They will come despite you trying to suppress it with substances. They will always surface. And if you're suppressing it well in your crucial healing period, it's only adding more pain and detriment to the way you grieve, the way you're processing things. It even affects the way you view things and your life and how it happened. I think in those few months right after a breakup there's a lot of thought that goes into it there's a lot of raw emotion there's a lot of pain confusion question you know you're going to go back you're going to replay scenarios you're going to miss certain parts you're going to not miss other parts but that's why i think it's so important to stay focused and clear-minded in that very crucial part because that is that's going to be your answer that's going to be what you take from this relationship and bring into your next it is very 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 key that you know exactly what you're doing, why you're doing it, and what you can take away from this relationship ending. The next piece of advice I would offer is to stay active in whatever way that looks like for you. For me personally, I love going to the gym. I love doing cardio. I love doing weight training. I love doing yoga. I love going for runs and walks. I live in a very beautiful city on the water, so I feel like walking the seawall every day if I could is, is my therapy, a form of it at least. And yeah, I feel like staying active is very important in 
maintaining our mental health too, because when our body is moving, there is less stress, there's less tension and you have time to think. I feel like when I go on walks, even if I'm listening to music or a podcast, I still have that, that kind of time to relax and unwind and feel healthy within my body and my, and line up my body and my mind and my spirit, you know? I also feel like on the days that you don't want to be active and you don't want to move, those are the days that you need to push yourself the most to because those are the days that you need it the most. I can honestly say that within this last breakup, I've been really, really good at like as soon as I start to suffer from intrusive thoughts or if I start to feel a negative emotion, I'm like, okay, I want to exert this in the healthiest way possible. So I'm going to go to the gym and I don't know about you, but throwing on rap at the gym is vibe. I feel like the baddest bitch in there. I feel so much more confident. I'm happy because I'm moving my body and I'm getting out and I'm getting fresh air and I'm listening to Drake and Lil Wayne. Like life is good in that small frame of time. I feel peace and I feel like my intrusive thoughts are silenced and it's just it's just the healthiest, one of the healthiest forms of coping with any kind of pain is just getting up and moving in no matter what way you can. Like if you can't go to the gym, you can't listen to rap, that's not for you. Then go on a walk or go do some yoga or go do a, a shared class and, you know, find your own rhythm in how you get out and you exercise and you get that movement. Yeah. Staying active has really helped catapult me into this healing process in this past relationship ending. Every time I feel that way, I just am like, nope, I'm going to go to the gym. We're going to work this out in a healthy way instead of just sit here in sorrow and cry and let the intrusive thoughts eat at us. No way, Jose. Okay. The next one is good. This one is something that I've just recently done and I had never done before. And oh my fucking God, it's going to change your life. Social media cleanse. I don't just mean like cutting, you know, your time or your usage down to half an hour a day. I mean like cutting it out for like a significant amount of time, whether that be a week, two weeks, three weeks. I did a month and it truly changed my fucking life. I'm a dramatic person, but that is not a dramatic statement. That is very matter of factual. I felt so much peace of mind. I felt such a release of pressure because for me, I post my blogs, I post for work, I post on TikTok, I post like content that just helps other people. And I feel a lot of pressure to post on social media. Obviously, I think anybody who is a content creator in this day and age feels that same pressure. So it felt like just taking a vacation from it and really learning to live in the present moment. I honestly, I found I took a lot less content. I took like four pictures, I swear to God. I just took like a picture of my meal, a picture of my friend's baby. Like I just, that was it. Like I just didn't feel the need to take these pictures of everything I was doing in life because I didn't have anything to prove and I didn't feel like I needed to post it anywhere. So that was a very big eye-opening experience for me. I'm like, wow, okay. So I'm creating content for the content to be viewed, not necessarily creating content just for my own leisure. It was a job to me. So that was very eye-opening. I went home and I visited my friend and her. I got to meet her baby for the first time. So that was an amazing experience to be very present for. And actually her and her husband were also doing a social media cleanse for that month. So it was a very wholesome and present visit. We were all just in tune with each other and very aware and just 
doing things with intention versus just scrolling aimlessly and taking pictures to post. It was, it was a very powerful month in my life. And I would definitely recommend you do it, especially, I say, especially after a breakup, because I feel like in this day and age, there's a lot of pressure to look like you're moving on first or you're doing better and taking away that possibility of even looking like I'm doing anything really helped alleviate that stress and that fear of like, oh, am I not doing enough? Am I not looking like I'm okay? And that was, that was a breath of fresh air for me. Honestly, I had actually never done a social media cleanse before, especially after a breakup, but that is the timing of it was really great. It wasn't for that. When I did the social media cleanse, I was truthfully just like, I'm sick of social media. I just want to go on a detox and see how I feel. It's a slow season. I don't need to post a ton for my business. Like let's just drop off and then pick up where we left back off in, uh, in February. So yeah, I would definitely pair a breakup with that because it was just happened to be really excellent timing. And then the last one is a self-love course or retreat. So I actually just came across this TikTok the other day of, I want to say it's Mindspo is the brand's name or the company's name that does these self-love retreats in Bali. They take a handful of women and bring them to Bali and they do like yoga and saging and burning and exercises and just meditation and just everything you can imagine that would go into a self-love package and they do it in Bali nonetheless how beautiful and I was like if I didn't already have a trip booked for this year I would totally do that maybe a next year thing but that or a self-love course listening to self-love podcasts definitely tune in for my self-love series that'll help you and just learning what it means to love yourself and learning things that are essential to your growth and your expansion and your vision of yourself and your lens that you look through and healing your inner child and all of those amazing things that come with learning to love ourselves and accept ourselves. Self-love is truly beautiful. It's, it's one of the most challenging yet rewarding journeys that I've ever been on. And truthfully, the journey will never end. I think you'll always be learning how to love yourself in different stages of your life, different eras, different versions of you. I don't think there's any point in which we reach the end of our self-love journey. I think it's a continuum and you just learn new skills along the way. You learn how to do it quicker and you just over time learn of all the things that you bring to the table and teach yourself that you are just whole on your own. It's so essential, so important. One final thing that I wanted to mention today that has helped me immensely when healing from a breakup is journaling. So I have journaled about the last three relationships ending and I journal it. I actually frame it in a way where I'm writing it to them, which is very therapeutic. And it'll be like, okay, so say we broke up like two hours ago, I would title it two hours later, two hours after we broke up. And then I would be like, journal my feelings on how I feel towards them. You can do it like towards yourself too. You can do it as a reflection, however way you want to do it. For me, I just find it therapeutic to write to them saying these things that maybe sometimes I wish I could say and sometimes I would never say these things. It's just really therapeutic to process it. And also the reason I put the the timestamp on it is so you can look back and see how long it took you, what you went through, all those stages, because it's very comforting to read those when you're going through a new breakup or even just when you're going through something in life that is so challenging, you cannot see the other way out. 
I've read them. I've read through them like top to bottom just to be like, oh, true. I went through this extremely traumatic breakup and I came through it in under six months and look at me go and I'm amazing. So it's just a really great tool to use, a very healthy way to cope with the loss of someone that you love. The other thing I would recommend when journaling as well is to write out a list of the reasons why the relationship needed to end. And now you can also write out a list of the things that you loved about the relationship as well. It helps keep that balance and helps you from splitting and just saying the relationship was all bad or it was all good, or maybe it was all bad or all good, you know, whatever works for you. But for me, writing out the things that I loved about the relationship was very therapeutic and saying like, that's of course why I dated them. And that's why I chose to spend as much time as I did in the relationship, but then also writing out the list of the reasons why it needed to end which in my case has usually been bigger and pulling that list up whenever I doubt or whenever I'm like, I miss them. I should call them. I should do this. I should, I'll read that list and be like, no, 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 no. Because nothing's changed. There is still the same list of reasons that I'm looking at that exist that will make this not a successful relationship and not worth reaching out over. And that's really, really helped me compartmentalize with it, show myself grace, forgiveness, and also just helping myself not reach out to them. But yeah, journaling has been a huge form of expression for me, a healthy form of expression that just allows me to organize my thoughts, get out all my feelings and just deconstruct it. Honestly, just looking at it on paper, even for me, the podcast is sometimes that as well. Just speaking about my experience, it just helps me, helps me figure out what went wrong, what I did, what part I played, how I viewed things. It will truly teach you a lot about yourself. All right, guys, that is all for today. If you have any questions for me, feel free to message me over Instagram. Feel free to email me. I appreciate you tuning in. This was a really fun episode to make. It has taught me a lot about myself in talking about it. Like we were just talking about the journaling and reflecting thing. It's very therapeutic for me to do this. And I hope that it brings peace of mind to others. And these skills will help you heal from your breakups and we can all move forward a very healed society a healed and self-aware society that's the goal but yeah let me know if you have any questions thanks so much for tuning in and have a wonderful day guys thank you for tuning in to today's episode i loved having you if you wish to support this podcast please follow us so you never miss an episode you can also find us on social media at full-minded podcast Once a month, I will do an episode where I answer questions that have been sent in. Please visit our website at www.fullmindedpodcast.com to submit all your questions. If you wish to be a guest on this podcast, please fill out the form on our website to apply. Your continued support means the world, so thank you again for taking the time out of your day to tune into Full Minded with Elisabetta. Until next time, be kind to yourselves and remember that there is power in owning our imperfect and messy lives. It's all a part of the human experience and you're not alone in it.